Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight for the entire show, the 35th governor of the state of California, the Honorable George Dugmajan, as we continue our 20th anniversary year. Closed captioning provided by Scan Health Plan. in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America, the land of freedom, is still the home of the brave. So raise the banner, call the glory, let us join our fellow man. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host... Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We're delighted you're joining us for the first show of the new year, 2012, and very honored to have as our guest for the entire show, the former governor of the state of California, our friend George Dugmajan. Governor, welcome to Straight Talk. Thank you, Art. Nice to be here. Uh, as many of you may know, uh, our guest was governor of the state from 1983 to 1991. He was a state assemblyman, a state senator, and then attorney general, leading to uh, a very successful uh, governorship. And you were even asked to consider running for vice president. That's right. And you, <laughs> you declined. Uh, All right. <laughs> you, it was just too nice in California, and you didn't need that or want that. But it's, a nice, it's always nice to be wanted. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when you were governor, because I was teaching back then, and uh, the faculty were all upset that with funding and education, and yet you had a very generous uh, uh, record of uh, funding higher education and education generally in eight state budgets. It was the state's highest funding priority. And you look back at that and you think, no, why didn't they get it? I mean, today, God, would we be thankful for that kind of uh, support? Well, I'm glad we were in a position to do it. And uh, we did recognize the vital importance that we have as well-educated and as well-trained uh, individuals as possible for the advancement of the state, not only for the benefit of the individuals, but for 
the overall state, the state economy. And uh, so we felt that it was very important to uh, give as much support as we could to higher education. And uh, another high priority was planned investments in, in public facilities. Yes, again, uh, California was a, a state that was growing tremendously in the 1980s. Uh, there was more and more demands for uh, services, and uh, we also realized that if we're going to ensure the uh, future of the state, uh, you've got to have the basic uh, infrastructure. It has to be available and in place and, and in as best condition as possible. Uh, that helps to encourage investment in the state. And uh, so we, we tried to do the best we could. Again, uh, we were fortunate uh, that we were able to do that. And now we fast forward 20 years from 1991 when you left office and when we started Straight Talk. And now it's 2011. And for years, the state government is dysfunctional. It's not working. Where did we go wrong? <laughs> well, that, that's, a, that's a big one. But... Um, there obviously, I think there has continued to be more of an interest in <clears throat> satisfying a variety of interest groups rather than really looking at the total overall benefit of the state. And so I think uh, in recent years, uh, the policymakers have tended to uh, try to satisfy various groups in, rather than just thinking about the overall total good uh, for the state of California. Well, how come when you were governor, they thought about the total good and now they don't? Is it a function of term limits and turnover? Is it a function of, of gerrymandered districts? Uh, why did it change? I think you just have to make sure that the policies are, are pronounced, that people know what direction you're going to go in, and that uh, you stick to it. And in my case, being the governor, you, you did have a lot of ability to try to keep things on course. And uh, very often <clears throat> I would receive uh, legislation for a variety of uh, expenditures that uh, I felt were not beneficial for the whole state. And so over the period of eight years, I used my veto authority 4,000 times. <laughs> that's, that's based on legislation and also the line item veto that a governor has uh, as it relates to the budget. And I saved about $7 billion uh, by doing that. And it doesn't get a lot of uh, very positive coverage when you veto something, but it's very important. It, it, to me, it's like when you have a motor vehicle, when you have a car, you've got to have a brake as well as, <laughs> as an accelerator. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of members of the legislature wanting to be uh, very uh, supportive of different interest groups we're always applying the accelerator, but nobody ever wanted to apply the brake, and uh, so we when, did that. When you were governor, it was pre-term limits, and so people could stick around for a while, get to know one another, build relations. And Willie Brown was speaker, was he not, for part yes. of your yes. tenure? for most all of it, yes. So you could sit down with the speaker and, and reach a deal, and he could deliver. That's right. 
That's right. That makes a big difference, too. That's, that's very true. And, and uh, Speaker Willie Brown was very pragmatic. And he was a Democrat, of course. He was a Democrat. And when he would make public speeches, he would uh, say that I was like the, that part of the horse that went over the fence last. <laughs> but when you sat down at the table and you discussed the issues, uh, he was very, very pragmatic. Yeah. And he knew whether or not he could get the votes for a certain position yeah. or, or, or whether he couldn't. And uh, we were able to work together quite well. It seems to some of us, many of us, that term limits really haven't worked because people are always looking for the next job. And you don't build those enduring relationships that allow you to develop a level of trust and, and get stuff done. And the state legislature now is dysfunctional with liberal Democrats and we conservative Republicans where the real race is in the primary and, and, and two-thirds required to get anything done. It's not happening. Well, there, there was a reason why the, the term limits was enacted, and it was basically because there were some members of the legislature that were there far, far too long. But the term limits that was, was enacted is too short. And in my opinion, it should be at least uh, 12 years where you could serve. And uh, the way it is now, as you just indicated, they just are always looking for the next step and, and, and immediately. And, and that's another reason why they're trying to satisfy various interest groups. And maybe the 12 years could be all in just one house so you don't have to switch. Right, right. Yeah. That yeah. would be better. Okay, in the next segment, we'll get the governor's view of what's happening on the national scene. You won't want to miss that. Supported by Edison International, Californians are getting to be old hands at year-round energy conservation. Part of our special awareness of the resources we all depend on, we're making the change to energy-efficient light bulbs, keeping warm-weather thermostats set to a comfortable 78 degrees, and giving major appliances the afternoon off. Because when it comes to energy conservation, it all adds up. Life. Powered by Edison. This is Doug Albrecht sharing with you just one of the 100 centennial moments we chose to mark this special occasion. The Port of Long Beach was born when Charles Wyndham purchased 800 acres of mudflats in the San Pedro Bay, where the LA River meets the sea. Today, the port covers 3,200 acres of land and spans 35 miles of waterfront. I want to improve my career opportunities. I want to earn a higher salary at my job. I'd like to finish what I started. The new Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Arts degree completion program at Cal State Long Beach will help you achieve your educational goals while keeping your life in balance. Contact our customer service center at 1-800-963-2250 for more information or visit us on the web. Let CSULB help you finish what you started. As your business searches for smart ways to save, don't forget about the one that's right in front of you. Switch to the Charter Business Bundle and you can save big without sacrificing a thing. Get reliable business telephone and high-speed internet with local support and great features. Power your business with great savings starting today. It's easy to pay less and get more. Call now and make a switch to the Charter Business Bundle.
Continuing this wonderful conversation with the former governor of the state of California, the Honorable George Dugmajan. Governor, let's switch to the national scene, and obviously the Republican primary is ongoing. Uh, what's your observation of what's going on there? Well, it's been very unique. We haven't had this type of campaign uh, in the past where you had a great many of these so-called debates going on. And so uh, the people are having an opportunity to uh, get acquainted with the various candidates who are running. And then, of course, uh, we are always uh, the recipients of all these instant polls that are taken. So there's always a poll and somebody is up and somebody is down and so on. Uh, it's probably a good thing uh, in the long run for the candidates, whoever finally gets the nomination, that they've been through sort of this process. Uh, but at the same time, um, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty out there, and I, I certainly feel like among Republican voters, there's no clear choice. But uh, we're probably getting to a point where there's going to be uh, one or two that will be considered leaders uh, because of the, the way in which they're uh, coming out on the polls. And finally, uh, once the, the caucuses start and the primary start, uh, we'll eventually come out with a, with a candidate. Uh, I think, though, that the election is going to really simply focus on whether or not the public wants President Obama to have a second term or not. Isn't that normal that when an incumbent is running for second term, it's really a referendum on him? It, it is, but at the same time, uh, there is the factor of is his opponent somebody who is perceived to be a strong enough leader to uh, take the country forward, to make sure that we have an improvement in, in the economy and in our relationships with other countries? Uh, and I don't think at this point in the process, I don't think that there's any one particular candidate uh, on the Republican side that has captured uh, that kind of support from, from the voters. And I think mainly uh, the view is uh, should President Obama get a second term? And secondly, which of the candidates might have a, a, a good opportunity to be able to defeat him in a general election? Do you perceive any of the candidates as fitting the criteria you just mentioned? Well, as of today, I haven't, uh, I haven't come up with a real strong feeling of, of, uh, on behalf of one particular candidate. Uh, I, I think that we are going to eventually say, do we want this president and his administration to have another term or not? And if the answer by the voters is no, then obviously uh, his opponent will be the winner. Many have observed that the Republicans seem to be obstructing the president's program and things that may arguably be good for the country, like the payroll tax, uh, uh, continue, uh, the, the, eliminate, uh, the reduction in the payroll tax extension, because if the, the economy is obviously a huge issue. And politically, if the economy is still in the tank or bad, that's good for the Republicans. If it should improve, that's good for the incumbent president. So Republicans seem to have a little divided loyalty as to whether they want to do what's good for the country or what's good uh, for the party. Well, I think the president has done a very, very good job in uh, portraying 
that the Republicans are only in favor of helping wealthy people. And I think that uh, some of the statements and the policies of the leadership in the, in the Congress on behalf of Republicans uh, has, has not done a good job of fully explaining why they are taking the positions that they are. Uh, so, you know, a president has a lot of uh, tools that he can work with, and he's got the so-called bully pulpit, and now uh, the president is involved really in the beginning of his campaign for re-election, and uh, he, the incumbent president decidedly has, has a full advantage. The Republican side, uh, in my opinion, so far, hasn't really made a strong case. There's many Americans, including yours truly, that feel that, that Wall Street played a major role in causing the meltdown. And we, the taxpayers, through TARP and other programs, bailed out the banks. We saved them, literally. And many of them are back to business as, as usual with foreclosures and credit tricks and all. Uh, your view on, uh, on whether Wall Street uh, appropriately is culpable in uh, causing some of our problems? Well, they, they've had a role. There's no question about it. But also, when you stop and look, uh, most of the major players in Wall Street have been big supporters of the president. Yes, absolutely. And so it's a, uh, They're everywhere. They, they, they sure are. And uh, so um, I, I, I think the administration could be much stronger in, uh, in curtailing a lot of the types of activities that have led to the these difficulties coming out of Wall Street. The Republicans blocked Elizabeth Warren, clearly one of the most qualified people in America to head that new consumer agency. She's now running for Senate in Massachusetts. And uh, they don't want uh, someone strong in that regulatory role. But uh, uh, it just seems to me that some of the outgrowth of the Occupy movement, they did hit uh, uh, a sensitive spot in the American psyche that that Wall Street does have something to do with the, the, the lack of jobs and the foreclosures that we're going through today. But at the same time, uh, Republicans in the, in the Congress believe, and I think justifiably, that there are many, many regulatory agencies already in existence uh, who have the responsibility of ensuring uh, better practices and that we don't need additional agencies to come in with more regulatory power. Uh, one of the big problems we have as far as the economy is the uh, additional expenses that are involved in trying to conduct a business because of uh, perhaps uh, an overburdened uh, regulatory system. And look how effective Texas, uh, <clears throat> Governor Perry was in town recently and pointed out that 40% of the new jobs in the last four years were, were created in Texas, and they have a low tax regime and a, uh, a much more modest regulatory regime, and they're, they're taking a lot of our jobs. When I first became governor, uh, we made it a point to look through all of the rules and regulations that were in existence in the state, and upwards of 50,000, as I recall, and it's been a long time ago, but as I recall, about 50,000 of these rules and regulations, we either were able to modify them or some, in some cases uh, repeal them. 
And we helped to create a good business climate during the 1980s. And because of that good business climate, uh, we had much more investment in the state and we helped. We didn't do it. It was done in the private sector, but we helped to create nearly three million new jobs in, in those uh, eight years during the 1980s. So you've got to have a good business climate. And one of the places you want to look at is, you know, is there an overburdensome uh, a regulatory atmosphere in, in, a, in a jurisdiction. And just for the record, w those changes and elimination of regulations were made without sacrificing uh, public safety or health. Yeah, when, you know, no, no one ever charged us at the end of the eight years with, with creating an un unsafe uh, atmosphere. Okay, we'll be continuing this wonderful conversation with the governor after these messages. Stay with us. Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. Italy's a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Belfar, Long Beach. People need a hero. They need something they can believe in. That's where Dog the Water Copper comes in. Oh no! Alright, you little trout sniffer. I've been watching you take a shower for the past 40 minutes. Think of all that water you're wasting. Well, I mean, that's really weird, dog. I'm totally naked right now. We are back. Governor, I think I know the answer to this question, but do you miss not being in the public eye? No, I don't miss <laughs> it. I don't miss it a bit. I'm too happy these days. You really seem to be yeah. very happy, and uh, uh, so it's not something that you need for your psyche or ego no. or anything else. No. 20, 28 years in public office is enough. Uh, it's enough. Very quickly, on the debt, which seems to be just going out of control, and both parties do share blame. I mean, George W. President uh, fought a war without asking the country to pay for it with taxes and just go out and shop. Uh, how do we get out of this debt, this spiraling debt situation? Well, again, it, it, takes, a, uh, it takes a lot of straight, 
focus and it takes a lot of courage, so to speak, and you've got to be able to say no. A lot of people in public office don't know how to say no. <laughs> and uh, I, I used to be uh, criticized uh, very often, but as I say, uh, by, by making sure that we try to live within your means, uh, that's good for everybody. It's good for the taxpayers, it's good for uh, the businesses, for the economy and so on to have balanced budgets and to have good fiscal responsibility. Well, maybe we should, I think it was Nancy Reagan who had the slogan, just say no in a different context, right. should apply that to our legislators. Well, uh, unfortunately, uh, most of them are not willing to do that. Some earlier commentators said uh, democracy is doomed when the people realize they hold the key to the treasury. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll be back with the remaining portions of our show after these messages. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks, and oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember, Polly's. 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. those who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. I think California was very fortunate to have a public servant of the quality of George Duke Majin, who, as we mentioned earlier, served in the State Assembly, State Senate, Attorney General, and then eight years of governor. And the state is much better off for his service and leadership. So, Governor, thank you for your public service. and. Thank you for coming on our show. We have 30 seconds. You can say whatever you would like. Well, I just want to congratulate you for being on the air for 20 years, 20 years with Straight Talk. That's quite an accomplishment, and I want to commend you for it. Well, thank, thank you very much, Governor, and, and thank you. I know you don't do many uh, media appearances. We thank you very much for joining us during our 20th anniversary year. We appreciate it. My pleasure. 
And thank you at home for being with us for our first show of the new year. Uh, please keep joining us each week as we continue to celebrate our 20th anniversary season. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com. For the past nine months, our team and I have had the honor to be a part of the Veterans History Project. VHP was created by Congress in 2000 to collect, preserve, and make accessible personal accounts of American war veterans. So get involved. You'll find out that volunteers who participate with the Veterans History Project develop meaningful bonds and relationships with veterans, families, and fellow volunteers. The Veterans History Project, honoring all who serve.